Hey guys, welcome back to the Shintar Higashi Show with Peter Yu. Right, in person. Peter? In person. And then we have a very special guest, Sensei Glick. He's my jujitsu teacher. We have a long relationship, right? Me and you. Maybe 10 years almost. Probably even more. More. I think more. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Very good relationship. Like martial arts relation. Very important. Sometimes it's more important than, you know, boyfriend-girlfriend relations. Right? <laughs> <laughs> They're constantly making each other better. Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. And like in a... Boyfriend, girlfriend, relationship, those little toxic things can like lead, but like in judo, jujitsu, like you can't let those things go out of hand because, right? Yeah, you have to keep the relationship yeah. at the top. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of wanted to talk today about grip fighting and positional fighting, and you can jump in anytime with uh, sure. Tensei Glick because in judo, we stress the importance of grip mm -hmm. fighting, right? Hand position, dominant position, what does winning position look like? And even wrestling, they call it hand fighting, mm -hmm. right? And it's a little bit fleeting because you have good inside position and the other person could just go here, right? In judo, it's a little bit more permanent. You have good grips and you have strong hands. It's not going anywhere. Um, Jiu-jitsu, you have no gi and gi. But they don't, I feel, from you know what I've seen so far, they don't really emphasize, right? So what does dominant position look like when you're in open guard? You're starting to see a lot more of that uh, an awareness of like hand fighting, awareness of what gripping is supposed to be about now that people are becoming better at stand-up and we're seeing a lot more crossover now, especially people who are doing no-gi are becoming more competent and more interested in developing wrestling skills standing up. Some of that is the prevalence of ADCC rules and yeah. people interested in going to ADCC and things like that. You're seeing more and more people are wanting to be able to wrestle. So hand fighting yeah. is becoming much more important. Mm. Um, and then more jujitsu people who train in the gi are interested in doing judo. And so they're developing a sensitivity to what their grips are doing. And it's interesting, I think, because in jujitsu, gripping is very important, but it's not taught often. It's not yeah. taught in isolation yes. in the same way that it's taught um, in judo, where it's really, you get people very focused in on what the hands are doing. Yeah. Are you gripping the sleeve? Are you gripping the collar? Where are your hands? Is it yeah. low on the collar? Is it, so these gradations, these finer gradations, you don't hear about them too much in jujitsu. Mm. And I suspect that some of that is because although uh, gripping is important on the ground, it doesn't have your, your, when you're standing up, you know, your grips determine so much about how well you're able to off balance your partner, pushing them, pulling them. Mm -hmm. And so if my grip is too low, I can't pull or push you effectively. Yeah. I have to get it high. Whereas when you're down on the ground, I think you have a little bit more leeway because you're not often... The stakes are not quite as high. The person is relatively balanced because yeah. they're lower to the ground. Yes. If you're passing, the person's already on their back. Mm. So you have a little bit of leeway. If the person is, uh, if you're seated in your garden, your partner is passing, there's not as much of a risk or not as much uh, variance in how far you can set them down. You know, they're standing up, you're going to knock them down to their butt. It doesn't have the same um, import as it does, I think, standing up. But we're seeing now that people who are, playing jujitsu uh, with the gi are becoming increasingly sophisticated with grips. Mm -hmm. And if you dig into um, gi positions that use a lot of different grips, like uh, Delahiva variations or yeah. Barambolo, places where you need to adjust your control from the bottom of the pants to the middle, to the hip, to climbing, then you hear people talking a little bit more about that and paying more attention to it. Um, and so I think that we're going to we're going to continue to see people paying more and more attention mm -hmm. to gripping 
not maybe as its own study, but certainly in the context of mm. grappling on the ground. Yeah. Like yeah. jujitsu people are going to be looking at judo people yeah. to see how they're gripping. And I think the judo yeah. people are going to be adopting what they're doing standing yes. down to the ground yes. and starting to grip. So when I started trying to like think about like integrating judo gripping into nuaza into jujitsu training, right? I was thinking to myself like, okay, if you're standing, you're hands versus hands, right? And you're fighting for hand position. And then your feet are obviously not going to, right? You're using it to attack like foot sweeps and stuff like that. But most of the off balances happens up here, mm. two hands versus two hands. And if you're really dominant, you got two hands versus one hand, mm. right? Because you're completely controlling mm. the hand and they don't have a purchase on your gate, right. right? So I was like kind of applying that principle and I was doing it in Nawaza where I'm like in the top side position, but it's like, you can't just focus hands to hands mm. because if I grab my collar and sleeve, then your legs are free to do whatever you mm. have a lot of mobility, right? So then we kind of had the discussion of like, okay, maybe having one hand on the upper body, one hand on the lower body, sort of in opposing corners, mm-hmm. right? That may sort of be, and then, you know, we explored some, uh, options from there, right. right? So if you're looking at the top position in open guard and then the bottom position in open guard, if you could quickly give an idea like what the goal should be in terms of hand placement. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the overall, a good overall place to start when we're thinking about gripping is as in judo, not to be overly committed to a single grip. Mm-hmm. And I think when you watch beginners starting in jujitsu, you'll see that they understand, they may begin by understanding what sorts of grips they're supposed to get. So for instance, like a Toriando pass, people understand that you're supposed to get a grip on the pants. Okay. Mm -hmm. You could grip down by the cuffs, you could grip up by the knees, but you have to get that grip. And then you'll Mm -hmm. see that as people begin to pass, they stay committed to those grips because Mm -hmm. they don't want to let go of what they have Mm -hmm. in order to be able to transition to a pin. And as a result, you see people who are early on in their jujitsu, white belt, blue belt, maintaining grips beyond the point of usefulness. Yes. And I think in judo, you sometimes see the same thing. Like someone will get a good grip and they just kind of hold on to it. Yeah. And even though the situation has changed, the partner has moved or the gi has shifted or yeah. the arm is in you get this very stiff thing. Mm. So I think when we're talking about like guard passing and getting grips, it's good to understand where you're supposed to begin. Mm. Um, double pant grips is good. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you'll see people control collar and pant as you know, you and I have been talking about what's key is that I think getting, uh, having a mindset where you're prepared to shift your grips as necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's no one gripping setup that will answer every situation that you sure. have to face. So let's use the coriander pass. Ah, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was yeah. coriander. <laughs> Hey, can you show me that coriander? Is like, we're like, Eugene goes, hey, that's a spice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you're on your back, right, and mm-hmm. I have double grip on the pant leg, mm-hmm. I got two hands on your two legs. I control your legs. That's great. Right. Right. But then, obviously, because my hands are connected to your legs, you can easily grab my hands, mm-hmm. my sleeves with your hands. Right. 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 So, like, it would make sense as you're reaching for my hands to sort of disengage, mm-hmm. right, or, you know, quickly pass. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be sort of a conceptual system mm-hmm. right as with gripping and standing yeah right? so yeah. like what let's use that as an example to like what's sort of the idea main ideas so uh i think that if we're if we're thinking about passing like from the top position at toriando we in know in some ways i don't i want to answer the question but i'm going to answer it in this way <laughs> um gripping in jujitsu on the ground is 
Oftentimes it's like not incidental, but what's significant is like, there are a couple of things that are important, right? There's as in judo, there's gripping, there's the angle that you're creating on your partner. Um, there's movement that you're creating from the top or from the yeah. bottom. And then it's, you know, um, those three things, gripping, movement, and angle, determine what your lower body is going to be doing, right? So when we're talking about like a, a Toriando pass, we may start with two hands controlling the legs. But a lot of that, remember that we're not really going to be able to use our arms to control our partner's legs for very long. The legs are much stronger. So even if I'm much stronger than the person who, who's guarding passing, eventually their legs are going to overpower me. So I can't just stay here. What I can do is I can use those grips so that I can create an angle or some sort of movement that changes the dynamic. And then once my, once I've created an angle, I can start to look to shift a grip up off of the legs. Mm. Um, so I like to think about it as we can start down on the legs, but eventually our goal is not to stay on the legs. Eventually our goal is going to be to pass to the upper body. So we'll often need to shift from two hands down, to a hand on the collar and a hand on the pants so that we can separate. And then our lower body needs to be able to find a path to the hip line, mm -hmm. passing the line up to the shoulder line. Um, but again, as with the, in the standing position, you know, you have people who are confident in a collar and a sleeve grip mm -hmm. and they'll do most of their work from there. But if the mm -hmm. collar grip is broken, they'll readjust and they'll find an alternate grip to use. Um, at the same time, those grips are being used to move their partner into position or to defend, mm. you know, you have Tewaza like throws, but I think most of the time you're using your grips in order to bring your partner into a place where your legs can engage. Mm. And I think in guard passing, it's the same thing. You're using your arms, you're using your grips to be able to misdirect your partner's legs, mm. to be able to control your partner long yeah. enough so that you can create an angle and then pass. Yeah. And obviously from the bottom, it's like you want to go high and then you get off balance and then create. Yes. Or, you know, it's very, it's useful if, if we're, it depends a little bit on what guard we're playing, but if we're in a seated position versus a standing position, yeah. we want to have our legs engaged also. So, you know, in addition to having grips with the hands, you also have grips with the feet yeah. in, a, in a manner of speaking. It's a little you know? bit more complex yeah. gripping because yeah. now, you know, standing, gripping to gripping, I'm thinking two hands versus two hands, right? Gaining an advantage. Now it's like. Hands, hands, legs, two legs, one leg. You yeah, and there's the, more. Yeah, and you have one hand, you know, one hand on the collar, one hand on the pants. Yeah, and you're always trying to destabilize me from bottom, so right. I have to think about keeping my balance while doing so. Yeah. I mean, in that sense, it's kind of like stand-up. Yeah. Right, because if you're gripping and the guy's attacking the feet, you know, you're thinking about not getting tipped over. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it doesn't have, um, yeah. like, it's not always a direct correlation one-to-one, -one, you know, sure. gripping, standing, yeah. gripping on the ground. But I think the concepts that are there mm -hmm. are really useful for jujitsu people to be thinking about and then for judo people to be thinking about. Mm -hmm. So if you're a jujitsu person, yeah. it would, it would benefit you to pay more attention to the sorts of grips you're getting mm -hmm. when you're passing. Mm -hmm. Are you gripping for a specific purpose or are you gripping just any old place? Yeah. Um, and then are you keeping your grips longer than you need to, or is there a time when you could switch your grips so that they're more effective, mm -hmm. like going from double cuff grips as you're doing a Toriando to one hand on the cuff, one hand on the collar mm -hmm. or moving up to head control along with this, yeah. this pant grip. Um, so some flexibility in that approach. And then I think on the other side, a good question for judo people to ask themselves when they're doing Nawaza or they're doing jujitsu, especially guard passing 
is how can I apply the skills that I have currently from stand-up grip fighting to Nawaza down on the ground instead of just, okay, I'm going to go over underpass or I'm going to go body lock pass or I'm going to knee cut. We can become a little bit more specific in the same way that we're specific from the standing position. Like, well, maybe I'm going to have a cross grip, you know, that's going to allow me to pull my partner's shoulder up off of the mat. Maybe I'm going to have straight collar grip. That's going to allow me to push my partner's shoulder down on the mat. Um, And so I think for judo people actually, instead of kind of feeling that, I think sometimes judo people feel like, you know, their the gripping skills are more useful standing up than they are on the ground. And I think that that might be true, but it's still an unexplored area for people. Yeah. Um, you don't necessarily have to have a million different jujitsu techniques, but if your grips are solid on the ground, it's hell for yeah, the bottom person, sure. you know, it, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and it's difficult to keep grips, yeah. you know, with a good judo person. Yeah. Love this type of niche conversation. Let's bring it back to some more generalized. Sure. Right. So now we're going to like do like a little bit more like clippable YouTube, I guess, stuff. Mm. All right. So Sensei Glick, in your experience, can you just, uh, in your own words, what is jujitsu? What is BJJ? Oh, jujitsu is the science of control leading to submission. Oh, that's so beautiful. So quick. I wish I that said it. That, that's a John Damon. Like, oh, okay. I wish I said that. All right. <laughs> Interesting. Any other ways to. Um, right, so what is your personal? philosophy when it comes to jujitsu, like your approach, your methodology, you know, uh, I don't know if I have a good answer for that. I, I do think of it as, uh, the science of controlling the submission, but I, I also think that, um, when you start to get deeply into it, there is an art to it that, so, so the definition I would add like a little asterisk or like a little mm. correlation, a little, a uh, little coda to it to say, um, you know, there is an aesthetic element to mm. good jujitsu. Yeah. In other words, when you watch it, it looks efficient. It yeah. looks clean. It looks like yeah. it's smooth. Um, because it is because it's yeah. moving, it's moving from one place to another with a minimum amount of effort. It's like yeah. great. Ju- I would say the same thing about judo. Yeah. Great judo isn't just controlling and throwing somebody yeah. onto their back. It's doing it in a way it's aesthetically pleasing Beautiful. because yeah. when you watch somebody who does it just you know, mauling someone and knocking them down and yeah. they put them on their back and it's Ipon yeah. and you take someone who's got an amazing Uchimata and just launches someone beautifully yeah. clean on their back. The point is, you know, Ipon is the same yeah. in both, but we would, when we're watching as, as observers, when we're watching as people who appreciate it as an art, we can tell which one yeah. is like, yeah. we like a little more. And so I think jujitsu, it's the same. It's a science of control leading to submission with the benefits, you know, with, with an aesthetic component, uh, that makes it more of an art. Yeah. That makes it more yeah. of an art. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Do you have a methodology that you sort of for training? Mm. Like this is the way, I mean, I know cause we right. train all the time, but like, if you want to explain like your method and approach to training, I'm sure people would love to hear that because uh, you have great longevity, mm, right? And yeah. relatively for someone who's been doing it for so long, yeah. you're very healthy. Yeah. Like joint wise. Yeah. I I mean, I think that some of, some of good training has to do with being able to accept bad positions and accepting, accepting, uh, the places that you're weak, you know, uh, often people are, are strengthening their strengths, you know, things they're already strong at, they want to improve so that those things can become as sharp as they possibly can. And my approach, which, you know, just comes from the way I was taught is to be able to strengthen not just your strengths, but also strengthen your weaknesses. Mm. And then if you start on the path of strengthening your weaknesses pretty early on, 
after a little while, those weaknesses are not as weak as they were. True. So you have a much broader, firmer foundation for your training. Um, now, I think that a lot of competitors might disagree with that because it is a very niche thing. If you're going to compete, you need to make sure the things that you're doing are super sharp and you're not going to have a hundred different things, you know, like depth is not always as important um, yeah. as, or actually I guess depth is important. Like, like having, having, yeah, having yeah. a range is not yeah. as important. Yeah. You need to be able to like dive super deep into those things you do. Yes. And um, so I think that for uh, people who are on a competitive track right now, you, you know, you might not want to have a time where you're strengthening your weaknesses at the yeah. moment. You want to strengthen your strengths because those are the things you need when the, when the clock yeah. is ticking and yeah. your time's running out. It's like forcing down that hole and then see how deep you can take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To one mm. thing after another. Yeah. Responding and you're attacking and, right. you know, all the main lines and, right. You want to kind of put them in your yeah. game and run that game and keep them there. So what are you working on now? Um, you know, right now, as we were talking about, I want to get back to doing a little bit more gi. I've been doing a lot yeah. of no gi. Um, I've been trying to improve, uh, stand up and then transition from seated positions up to standing positions. Um, always working on leg locks, uh, always trying to improve my guard passing, which has never been a strength and trying to get that to be a little bit better. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, those, those are, those things take up a lot of my time. And then of course I'm trying to get better at judo always, you know, I, I feel like, um, for as, as much as I have trained judo in the past, the gap between where I am and where I want to be is, is pretty great. So doing that in a safe way, doing that with safe people, good partners, that's a, a super important. Gotcha. All right, one more simple question. Okay. <laughs> Different between gi and no gi. But like in a way that's, everyone knows gi and no gi, like people always talk about this, right? It's yeah. like, you know, doing gi will help no gi and everyone knows the sort of the isms behind it. And yeah, the difference is one, Sport, you're wearing a gi, all the sport, right. you're not wearing a gi. Right. One's more like wrestling, one's more this. You have to have some interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that like the trope about gi and no gi is, you know, in the old days, people were like, oh, you know, you you have to do gi in order to be able to do no gi because it's so much more technical. And, you know, we know now that that's not true, yes. that there are elements of no gi that are as technical or more technical than, than with the gi. We've seen that most clearly with leg locks. Yes. You know, you can have a, a situation where if you don't know your way around leg locks, yeah. you're not, you're not faking your way through it. No. You know, you Definitely have to not. have the technical yeah. understanding. We've seen that. We've seen people develop that. Um, so I think that, you know, the, the main difference is to me with the gi and no gi, obviously you have a lot of handles yeah. with the gi. And so you're dealing a lot more with grips, like di like indirect grips. So grip on the cloth rather yeah. than grip on the legs. So as we were talking about before, grip fighting um, changes the notion of, um, being able to, to think in terms of inside position, outside position and posts and frames and those things, those are always important with the gi, but they become more important. No gi, because you just don't have the handles to hold yeah. on to. You don't have the ability to get, have a rope around your partner's neck where you can pull them up or, um, uh, a handle you can hold on, you know, yeah. like a noose to feed their head through. Sure. So you're much more reliant on direct contact rather than indirect mm -hmm. contact. And then of course there's the element of friction yes. when you're training with yeah. the gi, there's so much more friction, especially when you're down on the ground. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when it comes to friction, things tend to move a little slower, although that's, you know, you can have an explosive person obviously yeah. with the gi have like a Leandro low with the gi where it's just as fast as it can possibly be. Yeah. Um, and the friction of the gi doesn't matter. And then you have people who are working 
at super high levels with the gi where it's almost as if they're wearing no gi like there's they don't it seems almost like the friction isn't there but it's still there i think for me as a practitioner i feel it um and i mean i find them you know i love them both i i used to not i think when i first began i was not as big a fan of no gi because i feel like it was it tends to be faster there tend to be more scrambles um because of the ability to strip grips easily and move yeah. people around and uh, clear things and, you know, wrestling also folds yeah. into that. Um, so I used to like the gi a lot more. Now I, uh, I feel like it's probably 60, 40, no gi now. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. But yeah, I mean, I, I find them, I, I love them both. And I think that they both, although they develop two separate skill sets in the sense that your gripping with the gi uh, determines a lot. Yeah. I do think that they're, I, I also think that there's the concepts unite, you know, that yes. they, they are sure. the same. Yes. All right. <laughs> thank you very much. Sensei Glick. Thank you. I know you thank have you. Uh, an appointment after this, so we'll continue this. Nothing, uh, thank you nothing for, is more important. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for uh, being on our podcast and you. Uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have you back on and you know, Peter's here. That's cool, right? Yeah. yeah. That's cool with me. We yeah. roll for the first time today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we had a really good time. Fun. We yeah. had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for listening, guys, and stay tuned for the next episode.